Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. We're thrilled to have today's guest on the show. This gentleman has um, inspired me in many ways to continue on my mission to get education out to the high schools so that we can start teaching people about money younger and younger and younger. You'll hear throughout this podcast that Jed and I talk about his program that he's actually going to be launching throughout the next year. And if you are listening and are interested in participating with us and getting this program out there, we'd love to hear from you. Please email either of us as we want to grow this program. Jed uh, is interesting in the fact that he has is an NFL player. He has been traded 12 times during his journey. Can you imagine what that's like to be told 12 times that you're going to be traded and you have no say in that trade. So I think you're going to love this podcast. We encourage you to explore your own favorite journey and and the things that you want to explore in life. And you'll notice that we both promote some wineries that we love. In fact, uh, Rooted Planning Group through Wine and Dime is actually promoting a new winery every single month throughout the course of 2020. We know a lot of people are not able to travel right now and we want you to enjoy the journey to the destination not just the destination so sit on back grab your favorite beverage in this episode i'm promoting Prejohn's rosé which will be released in just a couple of weeks they are located directly in the middle of uh, geneva and watkins glen it's a beautiful journey to get there we encourage you to hop in your car and um, even if you can't go in at this point in time and browse around just give their uh wine a try i think it's the 16th or 12th of june or something like that that they're actually going to be opening so just around this time that the podcast is is going to be launched we hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoyed recording it well podcast listeners i'm thrilled to introduce jedid jedidiah 
Collins, who is also a financial planner. And if you're wondering why he was chuckling, it's because it took me about 16 tries to get that part of it right. <laughs> I'm really hard, good at hard numbers. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good at numbers. English was not my strong suit. <laughs> uh, pronunciation in particular. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you so much time. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your crazy schedule during this crazy time to be a guest. Thank you so much, Amy. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you are very excited. You don't have to take the ACT or SAT again because I think <laughs> I think they've tilted it towards English majors. Um, <laughs> but no, this is uh, one I, I love. Uh, as we began discussing, um, just the the unique backgrounds we both have, but a lot of the similarities. And I think this audience, your audience, is going to be a, a great opportunity for me to share my message. So thank you. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of similarities, even though we come at it from different angles. So before we get into talking about your background and how you got into the profession and some of the really super cool things you're doing, I have to say, um, I love to ask for a wine or beer or favorite beverage tip that you might have, especially coming out of Seattle. You must have some wines that you like. Yeah. So... Uh, I actually have become pretty good friends with uh, a winery owners of DeLille Cellars. Um, they have uh, a tremendous variety, but one of their their flagships is D2. And truly, I got to be honest, I ordered it the first time because I grew up in the, the Mighty Ducks trilogy era. era <laughs> and I was like, D2, Mighty Ducks. All right, here we go. And you open it up. Um, it's, it's a Merlot. I'm a big red fan and it was just you know perfectly balanced for my palate uh, which is not uh, an experienced palate but it goes great with a lot of different dinners and meats that I like to eat so that is definitely one that I will grab but uh, another little tip trick that I've come across and not in the wine space but in the spiced ale space um, mm. is something called not your father's root beer and if anybody has a sweet tooth and enjoys root beer, this thing is amazing. And it's a really good kind of relaxing uh, sipper after a, a long, hard day. Well, I will put both of them in the show notes so that people can find them. Um, I, I think um, I'm also a big Red fan. If uh-huh. people are have listened to the show, they know that I'm... Summertime comes in, I might recommend a rosé or yeah. maybe a Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc, but I am also a big um, a red fan. And we are actually launching, you are the first show, so um, this is really exciting, but we are going to start launching a wine of the week based on a winery that we're spotlighting um, right. in the Finger Lakes area. So Cool. For those that aren't in the Finger Lakes, we have wineries all over the place. And COVID-19 has really had a huge impact in them and their tasting rooms. And Mm. uh, so we are trying to collaborate with them and partner with them in a fun way so that we can spotlight some of our favorite wineries and the wine that they produce um, so that people can hopefully order their wine and, you know, that we can see that they are able to maintain their foothold in our community. And so this month we are actually featuring wine from Prijan and deviating from the red, I'm going to recommend their rosé, which is based on a Cab Franc grape. So it's super spicy. It's so, it's so much fun in the summertime, especially. 
And you can even mix it with mimosas. So (laughs) you put a little peach schnapps, a little orange juice, and a little of their rosé, and you can even have a great day. (laughs) It really is. So, so I'll put a little um, a little kick in for them, and we'll have some information in the show notes about that winery and that particular wine. And next week we'll come up with a new wine for them that we're tasting. So thank you for sharing. And I will definitely have to make sure that I look up the not your father's root beer. I'm not a big root beer fan, but um, I like the dry and, and, and uh, heavy, but you know, that would be a fun summer drink too. Maybe a little ice cream with it. (laughs) Hey, hey. I've actually talked to restaurants about like, Hey, you know, would be a great root beer float. There you go. They don't have to pay me for it, but if they want to, I'll take some royalties. (laughs) Well, let's dig into, as we call it, the formation of your vineyard journey, because uh, you have such a story to tell, and I'm thrilled to be able to share it and to announce at the very end something that you just started doing so that is a special little treat. So they have to listen through the end to get (laughs) details on it. But tell us about your journey and your story. How did you become a financial planner? What was it like as a kid? Um, We were joking earlier, like I have no knowledge or very little knowledge of football. And, you know, just how did that all happen? So I I will, uh, you know, kind of begin with the origin or or what I love your reference to nutrients in my vineyard. Um, I'm the fourth of five children, you know, born and raised in Southern California. And I had the beautiful blessing of having uh, both my parents teach me very distinct and different attributes. Um, My mother, who, as most mothers, has always been my biggest fan, did she know my position or what was happening in football? No, but she knew she was happy when I stood up after a hit, and she knew she was proud of me regardless of how I played. So she really taught me that loving atmosphere. She she taught me that pure-hearted uh, sensation of just, you know, uh, unquestionably loving someone. And then my father, who also loved me, but what he his lesson to me and my brothers and my sisters is the idea of discipline and mm-hmm. work ethic. You know, if you spent the night at the Collins house growing up, you got up on Saturday morning and went out to the hillside and started to do yard work before breakfast. Um, some friends kind of enjoyed it and, and enjoyed the discipline of it. Some never came back. <laughs> and so you kind of accepted that. But, uh, one of the, the games we played, uh, cause I have two brothers, one a year older than me, one, two years older than me. My mom had five kids in seven years. You want to talk about love and craziness that, that explains it right there. But, um, my dad created a game called King for a Day where we'd play basketball one-on-one with my brothers and the winner got to boss the other two around. <laughs> and in the hundreds and thousands of times we played in the backyard, I remember vividly winning twice. And that principle taught me something that I continue to take to this day that I had to experience yesterday is being able to lose without being defeated showing up, controlling what I could control, defining my attitude, my preparation, my effort, not based on, oh, I think I'm going to win or the outcome, but based on you know what I want to get out of it and if I can take a step or an inch in the right direction. Um, so th- that is really where 
I got my basis for kind of my personality, which is, you know, light spirited and loving, but also my work mm-hmm. ethic, which, you know, I have friends all the, during this quarantine time be like, dude, you're still getting up at 5 a.m. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I am approaching this the only way I know how, which is get everything I can from it. And we're going to talk about one of the creative opportunities I've begun. I'm writing my second book. I'm editing my online course. And so there's just a tremendous amount to be done, even though, you know, we are quarantined and told to go sit at home. So uh, from there, I can absolutely pivot into kind of how it led to the financial journey. But uh, yeah, growing up, uh, you know, the fourth of five, and then I actually had my baby sister pass away. So I inherited the baby Mm. role. Um, but that, that also probably plays into a little bit of my personality because I need attention and I cry a lot. So that, that baby, (laughs) that baby atmosphere (laughs) stayed with me even, even through adulthood. I I love that. Well, first of all, backing up just a little bit. I love that you also get up at five. Um, I can't sleep last. I can't typically I'm awake at four 30. Um, and, and if I can sleep till five o'clock, it's a, it's like, yes, it's the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I haven't set an alarm clock unless I had to catch a flight in years and years and years. It's just an internal thing with me, but that's my favorite time of the day. Mm-hmm. I am the most creative, the most clear. Um, I'm not being pulled in any given direction. Uh, you know, it, to me is just such a, such a serene time of the day. Um, right now, you know, the sun is, is basically coming up at that point in, in the morning. And I just feel so blessed to be able to have that time because of my biological clock, basically. But it is very productive. I think there is something to that. I think if you consciously go to bed and say, like, I want to get up around 5.15, you'll be shocked. And you might roll over and go back to sleep, but you'll be shocked how many times. I agree. I wake up a minute or two before my alarm, and I'm just that's just how my body is functioning. And there's, there's something to habits. But that moment of the day, that stillness that you get to sit in, um, it is the most beautiful time because as you said, being creative from five to 7 a.m., that's my writing time. Mm-hmm. It's before my girls get up and start rumbling and distracting, before the emails start pouring in. And mm-hmm. truly my favorite part now that I'm at home is I go and I sit in my chair and it, it looks out a window that I get to watch the sunrise. But as my girls get up now at seven, they come and sit in the chair with me and we Aww. open the window and we listen to the birds. And like, I, I think that's just a funny little blue silver lining of, of all this time yeah. is they're going to remember listening to the birds with dad. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a unique little moment. That's one of the things that I think has come out of this, um, pandemic is that a lot of people are saying things like that and, mm-hmm. and it's causing some of, I don't know about you, but it's causing some of our clients to rethink their career, their job, yes, their, their purpose. You know, future, their pure. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. So now let's dig into the, and if you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm really excited to do this part of it. <laughs> Not that I wasn't excited to hear your yeah. upbringing. I very much am. Um, and thank you for sharing the painful moments of it as well. Mm. Um, the, the, the direction or the pivot that you made from being an athlete to being a financial planner and all that you learned in between. Yes. So truly my moment uh, was an aha moment. And, you know, I think Oprah coined that phrase, but 
I got my first paycheck in the NFL, and it was a sizable check. If it, you know, you don't need to know much about football, but you know there are some guys who get paid a lot of money. What's crazy is they used to get paid week to week. So there's 17 weeks in a season. Take whatever salary it is, divide it by 17, and you get that weekly check. Um, you don't get paid throughout the year. And so if you make $17 million, which some guys do, you get a check for a million dollars each week. Um, and so my first paycheck was pretty sizable. And I look at the envelope and, you know, this girl sitting next to me and we're so excited because this is my first big check. And I knew in my heart I'd spent the money in that envelope before I even opened it. Mm-hmm. I was going to buy an engagement ring. And, you know, I, I, I'm happily to say my wife and I, after 10 years, are still married. So it turned out to be a very good investment. But I will tell her to this day, that was a very poor relationship with money. I got money. I spent money. And that was really all I knew about it was get, make money to spend money. That's, that's who we were. And then it was about this time that those statistics, that the research started to come out, not just on your brain, but on the financial stability of professional athletes. Mm. And many people don't really appreciate. If you line up 100 former professional athletes, not just ones who got a taste of it, but ones who were in it for a while, you line up 100, the vast majority, over 70 of them, are not going to be living a life you envy or desire. They're going to be living a hard life where their body is beaten down, they're addicted Mm -hmm. to a substance, they're divorced once, twice, and they're broke. And if not broke, on financial hardships. And so that dream, that vision really hit me and knocked me on my butt. And it actually woke me up one night in, in cramps and sweats and anxiety thinking, I'm a fullback, which is never going to be a position to make a lot of money. And if I don't start treating this this idea of money differently, I'm not going to walk away with the true dream of professional sports. And this is something I get to deliver to rookies and younger you know, student athletes. The dream is not to hear your name called and walk across the stage as a rookie. The dream is to walk out of a locker room with what I call a bag of M&Ms, some money and some memories. And... That that idea really shifted my perspective. So that next day after I woke up in anxiety, I went back to down to a Barnes and Noble, which most of your listen listeners will know what a Barnes and Noble is. And mm-hmm. some of the, the younger audience, maybe a, a bookstore is kind of a foreign idea, but they, they used to exist. Um, and so we went into Barnes and Noble and I picked up uh, personal finance books, starting with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which has changed millions of mm-hmm. lives. And mm-hmm. it changed mine. It changed my mindset and my approach to money and that paycheck. I get to now sit and criticize Rich Dad Poor Dad a little bit for not having actionable steps to go take, but mm-hmm. it did change my philosophical understanding of money, and it really awoke me to the the idea of I need to stop just working for money. I need to have money work for me, and I've sought a mentor, and he, he and I sat and had many conversations. He answered a ton of questions, and finally... He said, I can give you fish all day long. I've been in the industry 25 years. But if you really want to speak this language and know for yourself, you got to learn to fish on your own. And he challenged Mm -hmm. me to get my CFP, the Certification of Financial Planning. And so each offseason, I would tackle one of those course curriculum. And that really was the beginning of my financial journey. But it was also the beginning of me finding my new passion. And Mm -hmm. as my knowledge grew, you know, I had turned 
to my brothers who are extremely highly educated. One has a, a master's in engineering from Berkeley. The other has a Harvard law degree. And I used to ask them money questions, but each off season, as I started to gain my knowledge, the tables turned and these highly educated, you know, brothers of mine who had very little to no answers around money began asking the big dumb jock about money. Um, and so that's where the light bulb starts to go off. I loved helping guys in the locker room understand taxes or NFL benefits. I loved answering mm-hmm. my brother's mm-hmm. questions. But then it became more of a, a societal and systemic issue that I realized this is not being taught in universities. It's not being taught in high schools. And I set out on a course to, to try to approach that problem. And that's what's really neat about finding a purpose is seeing a problem and attempting, not solving, but attempting to, to you know, approach that issue. So Jed, I, there's so much in that, like all that, that you just shared. And I just want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. um, couple of things. And, and I chuckled, I don't know if you heard me or not when yeah. you said it's not taught in, in college or high school, because if I like suddenly won or was given $5 million, I would figure out how to make that happen. <laughs> well, I have um, something for you. <laughs> well, no, I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Um, it is a, it is my, is one of my big passions too. And I, and I think at the high school level, it's even more critical because not everybody does go to college and mm-hmm. you know, now tra- we really need tradesmen. Now yes. we've, we've created a shortage of tradesmen and they need that kind of knowledge to go out into the world and um, either start their own businesses or even how to ask questions on a job interview and, and how to compare job offers. So I love that that's um, also a passion of yours and can't wait to hear well, can, um, some of the things that you're doing on that front. Can, and I, so on that topic, I wrote a book called Your Money Vehicle, and I wrote it as a, a series of analogies and stories. I built workshops and went out and was delivering them. And then it finally became to fruition in a book. But it is truly intended as the first 10 questions everyone should ask on their financial journey. And where I got to criticize Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it is not just financial education. I think financial education Mm -hmm. is vital, but it's financial empowerment because each Mm -hmm. chapter I tell you and give you the actions to go and take. And Mm -hmm. as I come to realize this is, you know, it's, it was an Amazon bestseller. It's being really very well reviewed. I know the content Mm -hmm. is accurate, Mm -hmm. but to a high school audience, not everybody's going to read a book. And so that in a few weeks, I'm actually launching the Your Money Vehicle online course where it's 35 short, you know, five minute videos. And I'm not saying I am, but I attempt to be entertaining. I tell these stories, I build out characters. And as I look at it, I see a 10 week financial literacy course that should be and could be very easily in every high school in America. And that's kind of the mission I'm set out on this subject, this class that everybody's asked for the last 20, 20 years for. I've I've spent a decade to build. I am super proud of it. Mm-hmm. And now it is mm-hmm. going to be partnering with people like yourself, Amy, and saying, mm-hmm. where should it be? Well, because as you know, I think you and I chatted or had email communication. We're big partners with Sammy Rabbit, which is mm-hmm. a younger group of kids that would be attracted to that particular financial literacy, financial education. Mm-hmm. So where there seems to be a gap is that next 
sort of level. And -hmm. if we can start at seven years old or younger, that's wonderful. We need to continue, continue the education through those high school and college years. I just did a, a presentation to a group that I absolutely adore called Miss JD. And it's a group of, of young female attorneys that have kind of you know, collaborated together. It's a, a charitable organization, nonprofit organization. And the title of that presentation was Demystifying Your Personal Financial Management. And one of the things that I actually said to them about or in the title of it was the things they didn't teach you in law school. (laughs) (laughs) And the response that I got to that, that particular quote, it was like I was watching the feed and it was like, you're right. They never taught us this stuff. (laughs) And you think about, you mentioned your brother is a lawyer. You think about all the years of education. It's at least seven years of education that they have to go through to get a law degree. And they never touch base on that. And even if you specialize in like tax law or state law, there's mm-hmm. still not the, the big picture of financial planning that's involved no. in it. So well, I think it is critical. That is so, so true and humbling. I, you are much more an expert in, in taxes, but I was an accounting major in you gave me XYZ company and a uh, hundred thousand widgets. I could formulate some statements for you, <laughs> but nobody ever said the Johnson family makes seventy two thousand dollars. What do they pay in income taxes? And <laughs> I actually or, right, or how does it, that affect everything else around them? <laughs> everything, right? And so that's that's what's so neat about my my CFP and the idea of I got to spend five years in wealth management is I learned the holistic wheel of personal finances. Do we address investments in your money vehicle? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. one of the 10 chapters. Yeah, I yeah. think there are much more controllable things around understanding insurance, mm-hmm. understanding income tax mm-hmm. brackets. I take you to an ice cream parlor when we start talking about income taxes. <laughs> one, because in a live workshop, nothing better to hand out than ice cream, but two, it just, it paints a visual and you get to tell a story. And that is what I think is so necessary in this day and age is we got to stop approaching it the same way. I love this, the the, the words you use, demystify. This (laughs) thing has been so taboo and foreign Mm -hmm. and it's not the hardest subject in the world. It is just one that we were never taught. Um, Right. You know, and there's two things I want to comment on that. One is, um, I think it's funny you use ice cream because when I wrote Uncork Your Finances, I actually used port. (laughs) (laughs) Get something strong. (laughs) The second thing is one thing that I, and anytime I have the opportunity to sort of just caveat what you said a little bit more and remind people about is that we were not born to understand finance. It's Mm. not like breathing. You know, it's not like, it's not like we came out of, you know, our mother's womb and all of a sudden it was here, you have to breathe. It wasn't an eight in us. And personal finance is one of those things that might come easier to some people than others. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a true statement, but it's something that we were all taught. And so I, and I, I really, really, really emphasize the taught part. And Mm -hmm. so if people are interested in these videos, where would they, would they go to your website? Would they go to YouTube? Where would they find the classes if they Mm -hmm. wanted to take them? So one, I want to touch on something I think you just brought up that is extremely interesting is our natural inclination to money is to be spenders. 
This idea mm-hmm. of becoming a savor and then turning into an investor, one of my lessons is around what type of or are you, spendor, savor, investor. And yes, is there an English lesson there that they don't all end in OR? Sure. But again, it's marketing. It's cute. Um, but that idea that you know, in our history, in our evolutionary process, hoarding or, or saving more for yourself and for future you and your family was, was demified in, mm-hmm. in cultures. And you were thrown out if you were not handing and giving and spending and sharing with everybody. So I love that, that intention around this is stuff that is both natural and societal that we are being taught. Oftentimes with relationships, we have to identify that money script first mm-hmm. before we can kind of go anywhere. Um, and so, yes, the, the course will be accessible uh, through my website. Um, if you want a taste of it, I've actually launched a, a 30-day financial literacy challenge. Um, and good news is, I know people don't want to hear me every day. I got 30 of my friends that have played in the National Football League, so 30 NFL players. And each day, a different one delivers the financial che- question and then the financial challenge action. Um and so that could be found at yourmoneyvehicle.com forward slash APP or app. And you can run through this little application of a 30-day challenge. You want to give something to your child. You want to give something mm-hmm. to challenge yourself. And from there, you will be able to find this course that is is going to be launching this July and hopefully in uh, schools across the country here in the fall. So if we want to be champions of something like this, you know, we love the idea of it. And, and even if schools for some reason can't, you know, can't go back, this is something that I think would be a great side project anyways, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to occupy, <laughs> to occupy your, use, your use students your sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, uh if schools are interested in it, do they contact you the same way or would yes. we refer you the same way? Okay. And so, so from a, that's, that's the mission is I would rather people use it than say, I can't afford it. Um, and, you know, the book, the ebook I've given to free to high school districts across the country because it's necessary. And it was horribly poetic that I launched a at-home financial literacy course the week we were all told to sit and go stay at home. Um, Mm -hmm. And some people have accused me of timing it that way. And I'm like, that's insane. Um, (laughs) But also I was talked out of pushing it out that week. And we ultimately went forward with it. And instead of selling 200 copies, we sold 2,000 because people want to make use of their time. And this is such a, a necessary topic. Well, especially right now. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, people are feeling the pain, right? I mean, even if they got unemployment or mm-hmm. they weren't affected, maybe they're still working and they're just working from home. It's still an indifferent environment and there's still a fear that exists. Mm-hmm. So people want to know what they should be doing. I love that. And I love, um, how long did you play in the NFL? How many years did you actually Seven play? seasons. And I was uh, what some would call a journeyman. So I actually ended up playing on about a dozen different teams, which means I got cut a lot and uh, was told <laughs> a little bit of why I was forward thinking was because when you get cut and told your dream is over, you start to think about life after football. <laughs> and it happened to me 12 times. That's a lot of times to be cut. <laughs> I, I hold the record for anybody I know. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that I do want to bring up, um, 
I know it's a little off topic, but I think it's really important for people to understand and for listeners to understand is that often you mentioned earlier that you, you, you kind of did the math and said, if somebody gets Mm -hmm. paid, you know, $17 million, it, it was at at that point in time, a weekly paycheck of a million dollars. But what people don't understand is that that's a very limited amount of time. What's the average player? 10 years? Three. Three Okay. Uh, retirement is 10 years, right? I guess they get retirement if they're- uh, So the two. average career is three years, which means you're retiring at 25, 26. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can't start tapping into your benefits, the 401k or the pension until you're 55. So, yeah. okay. a, so that's a, a long time. Yeah, that's <laughs> you you got to go to work. Most, most of us <laughs> need jobs, which is part of the problem I think you're about to discuss. Yeah. So, so the fact that many of them are short in duration like that, they might make a lot of money very quickly, mm-hmm. but are they, are they getting the right advice? And I know that there's a whole bunch of statistics that show they tend to be targets and oh, not yeah. get the right advice. So now you're sort of making it part of your mission as well to help them. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, at moments have thought, well, maybe I want to be an agent or maybe I want mm-hmm. to be the wealth manager. But truly, the the role I want to play in is one that is is currently either new or not there yet, which is the money coach. I mm-hmm. don't want to profit off of you. I want to teach you the skills and the tools to, to be able to handle it yourself. And the best thing a coach can do is replace themselves and empower you enough to where you don't need this teaching from me anymore. Um, we, we are absolutely targets because we are young, we are millionaires and we are hundred percent naive to the reality mm-hmm. of just life, let alone the life around money. And people are very cruel and very intentional about taking advantage of that. But mm-hmm. one of the big reasons in, in this, in, in this education and empowerment message is simply that million dollar check. You know, each year the New York Times posts out Joe Bob got drafted number one and signed a $25 million deal. No, he didn't. Joe Bob (laughs) signed a $12.5 million deal, which is still a ton of money. But Mm -hmm. if if Joe starts spending like he has $25 million, he's not only in debt or he's not only broke, he's in debt. And that is the reality of what we're doing in simple things like renter's insurance or an umbrella (laughs) policy. You know, I don't understand why it's not mandated for every rookie to go get those things. You Mm -hmm. are a Google search away from knowing this 22 year old that just bumped into your car made $800,000 last year. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think red flags go up around that, you just you've obviously (laughs) never, never been around anybody with a lot of money because you have to be on guard at all All times. Yeah. yeah, all the time. For- I love what you said about the fit, about the empowerment. And and it mm-hmm. goes back to a comment that you made with a coach that you had was I, you know, I can be your guide all the time, but I want to mm-hmm. teach you how to fish. And you've kind mm-hmm. of you've projected that moving forward with your mission, which I think is wonderful. I'm I'm hoping. Has I mean you mentioned as as far as a book, um, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a mm-hmm. great book. Did somebody suggest that you read that book? Is that what got your um path started or your journey started? Or did you just come across it? I came across it. Um, walking truly down the personal finance uh aisle of of Barnes and Noble. It had, you know, obviously the most copies, and so that kind of guides you a little bit. 
And I picked up a few books, you know, Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey. Um, there were the, the typical people. If you are into personal finances, you've heard those three names, Robert Kiyosaki, mm-hmm. Ramsey, mm-hmm. Uh, Orman. And that was, th- this is where my light is really starting to shine is I don't know the under 40 Dave Ramsey. I don't know the, the <laughs> under 40 Susie Orman. Um, and I think there needs to be, and if it mm-hmm. just so happens to be a, a big, dumb jock football guy, you know, I'll, t- I'll take it. If, if we really create behavioral change, which is, which is the true impact that we're going after, I don't want you just to hear compound interest. I want to show you how to go use it and then to make sure and hold you accountable to do that. And that's what part of the course is going to be is mm-hmm. there's an accountability to this. You, you need to check the box on chapter four before you move on to chapter five, um, because we're not just reading a book. We're not just taking a class. We're building out your financial plan. Well, I remember. So the average age of financial average age of financial advisors right now is about 55. That's the average age. And I'm in my late forties. And I remember when I first started my own company and, and I had this model that was not AUM based, it was financial planning based. And I said, you know, I, um, I do investment management or will do investment management, but that's just a tiny little piece of the puzzle. I really want to focus on the financial plan for your life. I remember a few people saying to me, that business model will fail. Like, how are you ever gonna, how are you ever like, what would you a need to make money? Or, well, what would a 30 or a 40 year old, why would they pay for, you know, financial planning? And I'm like, well, because they're having kids mm-hmm. or they're going off to co- their kids are going off to college or they have job changes or they have a 401k plan or they have all these employee benefits. And I started going down through the list and I was told people won't pay for that. Thankfully, that person was people were actually wrong and Mm -hmm. people will pay for it. But the thing that I find most interesting to your comment is that who is the next, you know, Susie Orman or um, Gene Chatsky or Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey for the 30 and 40 year old? And and I will be honest, you know, when I look at the demographics of the people that I work with, they tend to be my age. Mm-hmm. So, and they're comfortable with me because they're my age. They know, you know, they know what I'm going through. They, they know that life experiences are similar. So that next generation really does need, uh, you know, a, a person that, that has the similarities that actually has references that they, um, can relate to. You mentioned the Mighty Ducks, and I vaguely remember that. Like I, I'm older than you, so I just remember that it being like a. I remember my brothers watching it actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> who are younger than me. Um, but but people would um, people will relate to that. And one of the things that I think is unique about your journey too is that if you understand any basic sporting concepts. You can all just like I can relate things back to wine mm-hmm. in the vineyard. You can relate things back to foot. Well, sports, football is one, but but sports in general, and and the coaching aspect that goes along with that, right? A- so you're ta- you keep talking about coaching several times. You've mentioned the coaching part of it, um, and coaching is different um, on some respects. And I'd love for you to share you know, your concepts behind 
coaching versus the traditional sort of financial planning. Yeah. And so I see, you know, teachers are are invaluable. They are amazing and dedicating their lives, but they teach concepts. They teach uh, theoretical knowledge. What a coach does is gives you practical knowledge. We're not just t- talking hypothetically about an issue. We're walking you through uh, the ABCs, the skills that, you know, where is your foot on this on this play? Where, where are you eyes on that play? What are the details around it? And mm-hmm. that's what a money coach can help you with. Uh, I, one, you know, topic we've discussed is everybody wants to know about investments. They think it's, you know, and it is the engine of your money vehicle. It is the sexy roar. Uh, but truly, there are so many other aspects that we control so much more. And so that's what a coach will come in and tell you is, hey, here are, number one, some hazards to your wealth mm-hmm. and to your plan that you can transfer. You know, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a concept not a lot of people really appreciate and understand. Um, and then they come in and they tell, they, you know, they go into the X's and O's of, of a plan. I love the analogy of, you know, a different sport, but are you playing checkers with your money or are you playing chess? Do you handle every check and every dollar the same way and just try to move across the board? Or do you have a checkmate in mind? Are, are you a believer in goal setting? And once you have that yardstick, that goal in mind, we can reverse engineer and build out a strategy and a plan to do that. And that's where the world you entered that I love people trying to dissuade you and talk you out of, of <laughs> planning, I've, I've come to realize the more people that try to talk you out of something, the more correct you probably are, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which as an entrepreneur, you have to have that mindset, but it's also yeah. just a funny thing of life. Um, but that idea of planning of, well, you want to come and talk to me about investing in the next big hit, like, oh, should I get into Amazon or Shopify or the oil industry. And I look at you and I say, listen, you made $374,000 last year and you spent $312,000. You actually, after taxes, you're in the negative, which explains Mm -hmm. this credit card debt. I understand Mm -hmm. you make a lot of money, but investing in the next Amazon is not your problem. And it is definitely not the solution to your plan. We -hmm. need to back into where this begins and that is that is the conversation not enough people are having is I, I I love investments, I love wealth creation, but there are very few aspects that are going to create wealth. The, the one you control more is money and wealth management, and that is where mm-hmm. our focus should be on the planning atmosphere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like there's some kindred spirit there, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, I'm curious, um, as I mentioned, I always take things because wine is one of my sub passions, I call it. I always take things back to the vineyard. And if you think about Mm -hmm. a vineyard or you think about a team or, you know, um, any, any kind of, um, business, anything, there's often obstacles and challenges that are there. They either get in the way or you're almost afraid in some respects to, to have to, to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, along your journey, were there any, any obstacles that you overcame that really caused you great angst and fear? 
Well, I, I, yes. In my athletic career, I mean, you, you go to getting that, that call 12 times and being told your dream yeah. is over and having to That's get true. up. But truly, that that is that the king for a day lesson. This has all prepared me for the hurdle I'm facing today. I am truly, in some aspects, trying to create an industry, um, a, a problem often overlooked that a lot of approaches are merely to check a box from a liability perspective. Hey, we told them X, Y, Z, they're good, check, done. Mm. And I want it to be around empowerment. And that's why we had to get away from education because education alone will fail, um, especially in this this money conversation. So my hurdle right now is kind of getting people to believe in my message and believe that there is an issue and a problem. You look at the statistics of not just savings in America, but of what the 22, 32-year-old is dealing with on a financial basis. And it is overwhelming. One of the conversations I really try to have is this idea that, you know, retirement has to stop being the focal point. One, I think (laughs) retirement is gone. Pensions are gone. Social security is Mm -hmm. going to be limited. We need to change our mindset to freedom. And Mm -hmm. that subtle shift is kind of where I want to begin to build to is Mm -hmm. we as a individual must take control of our money vehicle because if we're not sitting in the driver's seat, nobody else is. And that's a Mm -hmm. scary thought for our, our society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I love because I, I mean obviously we've we've talked about this already, but I love the idea that you know taking it the next step and saying how do we get out there and educate people more and more and more so that um, that we're not focusing solely on how do you, how do you focus on retirement when you're 30 years old? Mm-hmm. I mean it you know, and and I've shifted even my own you know journey. Um, I used to think about retirement a lot, but now I love what I do, and I'm just hoping that I can work as long. I mean, physically work, and maybe it'll look different in the future as to what work means to me. But I love what I do every single day. I get to get up, and days like you know. Today, I knew I had two podcast recordings. I was super pumped about, you know, talking to other people in in my passion field about what they're doing to really change the profession. Four days out of the week, I'm, I'm usually meeting with clients or having conversations with clients and they're inviting me virtually into their home or they're coming mm-hmm. to my office and I get to watch their lives change because of my knowledge and experience and the direction that I point them and the work that they follow through on. So when people ask me, well, when are you going to retire? I'm like, well, I'm hoping 80, (laughs) you know, like I kind of hope I get to 80. It's one of the reasons that I live in two locations because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to wait till I retired to be warm in the winter because for me, retirement is such a different definition. And I think that's a piece that I always talk to people about. And I believe you do too, is that, you know, if you find what you love, I know there's that old adage, love what you do and do what you love, Mm -hmm. but but I'm serious about that. Like what is your, what is the barrier that is keeping you from doing that and earning money and doing that? Because if, if you, if you love what you do, you're free. Mm -hmm. You really are. Um, so I, I'm sorry, I kind of got sidebar on no, that, that's, but I loved the word freedom that you yes. use. Well, 
and it it touches on so what what I came to realize playing in in football playing in the NFL these are the best in the world and you really observe and I've stolen so many of the principles the behaviors around being around these these types of people um, and respecting their art but what I came to understand is a quote that they use is if you don't enjoy the hunt, the kill will never satisfy. And that's, it's a little gruesome and it, maybe it's for Mm -hmm. a hunter. I am not a hunter. I grew up in California. We don't play with guns. Um, (laughs) But that idea of if you don't enjoy the hunt, if you don't enjoy the process, the builds, the, the, the time, the, if you want to call it a sacrifice, whatever your objective is, is not going to be as satisfying as you really think it is. And it's, it's just like what you said, you know, I I didn't want to work until a date and then get that home in Florida. Like I didn't want to wait until I wanted to start appreciating and enjoying it now. And that is something that I, I, I do as well. I really try to take gratitude moments and, Focus on wins and celebrate them. I, I, I think the difference between winning and success are different, but wins are absolutely something that you need to cherish. And if you're not finding wins in your day, you need to find a new sequence to your day and possibly mm-hmm. a, a new structure to it. Yeah. And I think that's where some extra coaching comes into play that people often don't think a financial planner or financial coach does, but we do. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one other difference that I just want to point out. Um, I can't believe we've been talking for 45 minutes. That's amazing. typically yeah. longer. Uh, so um, I do want to ask just a couple of final questions. One of them is really for you to be able to define the word success. So your own personal definition of success. My own personal description of success is that I've improved. Um, I I can lose and still be successful. I can win and not be successful. But if I have, if I have found something to improve, then I I've been successful in that endeavor. I, I think every day we're successful then. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Uh, And then switching over to the Nourish Your Vine sections of our podcast, this is where we take just a few minutes for our guests to provide uh, one or two financial lessons that you've learned in your life with the listeners so that maybe they can take that lesson and and implement it in their lives. Certainly. Um, I think one of the most powerful statements we could all hear is, I made a dollar, I saved a dime. And that idea of paying yourself first, prioritizing your future self plays into a lot of what we've discussed. If you're not worried about future you, nobody else is. That rings true for a 24-year-old NFL player. It rings true for a 44-year-old Amazon executive and a 64-year-old walking into freedom. Um, The other one and the kind of culmination of the Your Money Vehicle course is Chapter 10, I speak to a lot of young professionals and by young, I define it as under 50 because Mm -hmm. stats are showing us we're going to live to a hundred and there's somebody born today that will see 200. So under 50, you got a long time horizon. Um, And it's the idea of the Roth account. I think this is one that is (laughs) becoming more common in the last 20 years, but is still truly foreign to so many 
I've talked workshops with PhDs, doctors in their 50s and 60s, and I am explaining to them, you know, the difference between pre-tax and Roth. So I think the Roth account is going to be a major, major uh, planning strategy going forward. I think if you're a young professional, it is chapters 10 question of what is my best advantage. I think because of the income tax bracket you're in today, because of the the long-term time horizon of tax-free growth and the unique characteristic of anything you contribute, you can pull out. I think the Roth account today is going to be one of those items that we all need to utilize. And if we can be on a mission together, Amy, to open a million Roth accounts, Mm -hmm. whether 401k or IRA, Mm -hmm. I think that would be a really neat service to, to the future use of all your listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Roth accounts as well. And, and trying to, to take explain to people that you need to have different buckets. Yes. not to look not to look at purely this year and the tax savings that you will have this year but to think of what will it look like especially to clients in their 40s i really love to have this conversation although if i can get my hands on those 30 years old i you know i definitely am going to point them in that direction um, but many of our clients come to us in their mid 40s and they've done a fabulous job of saving in their 401k plan but that's the only type of yeah. money that they have available for withdrawals in retirement, or maybe they have a small brokerage account, you know, but they don't have anything that's in that non-taxable qualified, you know, uh, uh, arena. And so then I start to explain to them, well, this is what it looks like on your tax return in the future. And this is how it ends up affecting your, your Medicare premium, your, um, Potentially, if you retire before age 65, your ACA premiums, you know, as far as um, exchange insurance. So we want to commit to saving in the Roth. And we know that you missed out on the opportunity in the younger years when your tax bracket was lower, but it will end up costing you even more and Mm -hmm. not to get too much on a soapbox, but we got to pay for some of these programs that we're pushing out there right now. <laughs> and the future of our tax rates is really, in my opinion, in question because um, they may not change the rates other than the sunset provision that's set to happen in 2025, but they could change the brackets. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when people ask me that question, how do you think they're going to pay for some of this stimulus and and programs that they're pushing out there right now? I'm like, well, you. Yeah. (laughs) And if not now in the future. So yeah, I'm right there with you with the Roth and take every opportunity that I can to either do backdoor Roth IRAs or Mm -hmm. in the 401k plans, or um, if we can catch them early, do a Roth IRA right out of the gate um, is ideal. And for every employer, or if you work for an employer and you have any influence, if you don't have the 401k Roth provision yet, please beg them to add it. There are still companies out there that don't. And if you are so, if you are still hesitant and you have that 401k Roth option, go 50-50. Nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, real quick too, I, I want to get all of your contact information, but yeah. I want to circle back around to the big announcement that we promised yeah. people when they began listening. 
What's your new project that you just launched recently? So we, you are translating your, your passion around wine and finances into the world. I am taking my passion around the, the world I know in football and the behaviors and principles of the best in the world and translating them to a concept called Rookie to Veteran. So I've launched my Rookie to Veteran podcast where I am unashamedly stealing from every <laughs> guest I can, and I, I tell them so. And it is the idea that I want to continue to improve, find success, and I do that by taking tips, tricks, thoughts, ideas, practices from uh, veterans. And a veteran is just somebody I want to learn from. So Rookie to Veteran, the podcast, we have finances, we have NFL players, we have CEOs, entrepreneurs, and really just trying to look at little nuggets of wisdom we can steal. So uh, I'm assuming you're on iTunes, yes, uh, SoundCloud, yeah. any place like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Rookie to Rookie Veteran. Rookie to Veteran. So that's your new project. And um, as far as people getting information about your book, you mentioned Amazon yeah. is yep. one location. Their online course you can find on your website. Um, you've got a YouTube channel that they can find you on, yeah. LinkedIn, Twitter, Anything that we've missed that people can follow you on, get more information about you? You know, that's the the funny thing about being having a message is you got to go where people will hear it. And that means you got to be everywhere. So uh, Twitter and Instagram is JedCollins45. I'm a big advocate of LinkedIn. You can connect with me there. I post a ton of content on there. My website is JedediahCollins.com. And truly, 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 if you know a high school that would or should be interested in a personal financial literacy course, uh, you know, created by a CFP and done so through as entertaining of a lens as we can, I would be more than happy to connect with you and discuss and get it to the students that need it for, for themselves and for their future and for our future. So, Connect with me on any of these things. Please, please reach back. As you have heard through this, I'm a big component of feedback. <laughs> I don't see it as failing, but I do see it as progressing. So let me know how, where, and why I can get better. Well, I think the way that I could end this is say, dun, 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 more to come. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on the show. It really was a pleasure. Uh, I certainly will be talking to you about how we can bring this financial education and literacy to um, high schools through partnerships and collaborations. And for anybody that is interested in doing that, in addition to that, please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us to make sure that we can all make a difference in the financial knowledge of our country and potentially of the world, right? I hope so. You can't change the world, but you can change one. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Very much appreciated and enjoy the hunt. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.